0: Welcome, welcome back. I am here with my good friends Sean and Tyler. We gonna get Twitter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, is right. We are back second time this week. We're finally, I think, getting the hang of uh doing something consistently here. Um, you know, we've been active on the Twitter, we've been active on the TikTok, we've been getting these episodes out, these positional rankings. Um Earlier this week, we broke down running backs. Today, we're breaking down the second most fun receiver, or, uh, well, there goes that one, the second most fun position in fantasy football, which would be wide receivers. Before we start, let me just say, go follow us on Twitter. That's at FantasyFaps, at FantasyFaps. And now we've been active on the TikTok. So go follow us on TikTok at FantasyFaps and then the number one. That's at FantasyFaps, F-A-P-S, number one. You'll see Sean and that pretty mug. You'll see me. Tyler will be on there, I'm sure. But just come on. Let's have some fun. Uh, Football is about a month away. Less if we're talking about this Thursday game. But the preseason starts this week. Hard night, hard knocks starts tonight. We're officially in go mode, and that is why we are about to break down these receivers. Uh, for running backs, speaking of that, I just want to make one correction to my episode. Uh, when I was talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mentioned him possibly losing work to a running back named Jarek McKinnon, and then another running back, and I said Damian Williams. However... Damian Williams is in Chicago. Darrell Williams is still in Kansas City. So wrong D. Williams, same point being made. But now we move on. Like I said, we're going to break down our top 20 receivers. Well, my top 20. Sean and Tyler's list will vary. But this is Marty. Fapper Marty. This is my top 20 rankings with a little snip, a little blurbage about each guy. I thought about going 20-1. to Uh, In descending order, but by the time I get to like the top three, you guys probably will know the order. You guys will probably know who's number one, and it just wouldn't be as fun. At least this way, uh, as you go down, it kind of opens up the bucket more, so you're gonna have more options, and you know more comes to the mind as you go down. So we're gonna jump right in. Again, top 20, and then I'm gonna add in some mid round targets that I like, and then my late round targets, because. This year, more than ever, I think you can hold off on even grabbing your number one receiver. If you load up on running backs, um, a tight end or a quarterback in those first four rounds, you're still getting great quality in that fifth through seven-round with receiver. So uh done a couple mocks doing it, and I've liked my team. So this year, more than ever, you definitely can get away with waiting on it. But there's also a point where these guys that were going to go through this top 20— at a certain point when they are still falling, it's value that you cannot pass up because you will be getting them close to their floor, which is the goal of value drafting, is get some, draft somebody at their floor so that you know you got them at the lowest price and all they're going to do is give you value. So, number one, kind of like, like running backs, same thing. If, uh, if you don't have him ranked one, I think you're doing too much. There's not many other outcomes outside of finishing in the top three receivers for this guy, but number one is going to be Devontae Adams. Not that, uh, not a shocker to anybody when you add the workload that he gets to the talent he possesses to the talent of the quarterback, getting him the ball, mix that all in a pot with the amount of goal line looks that he gets, which is rare for a receiver Plus his history of doing it. He's been the number one receiver before. And, you know, to me that leaves nothing. No one else can, should be the number one ranked receiver. Well, when, when Rogers was considering or whatever that was, whatever that drama was in the off season, uh, when all that was going on, I did have him move down to the number three receiver, but as soon as Rogers reported, as soon as Rogers confirmed, he was there, boom, easy to put him back up number one. And honestly, like that, there was no, uh, there was no debate number two this is where you could kind of start uh putting in different guys and making good arguments but uh I think Adams is in a tier of his own and then I think this starts the next tier which consists of three guys four guys I'm sorry and that's gonna be Tyreek Hill uh the number look easy the number one receiver in the best offense most explosive offense in uh the Uh, Yes, I know the statistical numbers of him not finishing as even a wide receiver 2 is higher than a lot of these guys, but the weeks that he has when he does go off more than make up for those couple weeks where he doesn't perform as a wide receiver 2 because he will win you a week. And then holy shit, if you can manage to pair him with Pat Mahomes on the weeks where Tyreek does it and you're getting the double dip on both ends, whew. Again, I'm not I'm not for taking a quarterback early. I see why, especially this year, like I said, because of uh, how deep wide receiver is. If there was a year that you could get away with it, I think it would be this year. So yes, if you could pair Tyreek with Patty, there's probably going to be four or five weeks that they will alone will win you a couple games. Number three, and second in this tier, is my man DeAndre Hopkins. I think he has... Another chance to finish as the wide receiver one based on similar facts as Adams. The workload he receives, the quarterback he has throwing him the ball. Um, He finally has a full offseason with Kyler this year. Um, Kyler was on pace to break the record for points per game at the quarterback position prior to um, his shoulder injury in week 11. And now... With being healthy, having a full offseason, I like, uh, I love DeAndre to uh, take back that spot Um, as definitely a top three receiver. I have him as number three, but number one would not shock me. Number four, and he's only this low because I am, you know, a little bit of a projection of a slight regression just because it's hard to imagine he repeats and that his quarterback repeats the success that they had. And that's uh, Stephon Diggs. Similar workloads to Hopkins and Adams. And if you look at his reception perception, um, from the ultimate draft kit, which is a great tool, you will see that he just dominated so many aspects. But I don't think I don't think it's possible that you know the him and Allen come out and do that again. I don't know if that was partially uh, defenses not having the, no, defenses didn't expect for Josh Allen to come out and do that. So why would they plan for it this year? I think they have an off season. I think you know now that you know they're going to come out and try and beat you with their arm. I think they're going to do it. I'm not saying they're going to be successful, but I think a slight regression. Plus, I think the Bills are going to try and make a better effort of getting that run game going. Run game was non-existent last year. So I I think a slight regression there. So he is our third guy in this tier. I said there was four, and now there is one more. Um, Another guy similar to Hopkins and Adams that I think wide receiver one is one of his outcomes compared to uh, more than compared to the other people. That's Calvin Ridley. He proved that with Julio out due to injury that he can handle, you know, the spotlight and the wide receiver one role in that offense. But damn, did he do so good in those games. He was number one in the NFL in air yards with Julio on the field and without Julio on the field. They don't have a dominating run game. Defense is still really bad maybe slightly improved due to scheme, not not necessarily personnel. But Kyle Pitts being in the middle and uh, underneath should definitely attract some attention. Mike Davis coming out of the backfield should definitely draw some attention because he is a very good pass catcher. So Ridley should be able to continue taking the uh, taking the top off the defense. And I do like him as the wide receiver five, but would not shock me should he finish as wide receiver one. Number six, Justin Jefferson. This is the beginning of another tier, I think, which is what one, two, three, four, five guys wide. Um, Justin Jefferson. Again, if you watched football last year, you knew he was good coming into the year. But then you look what he did in that offense, and he was just dominant. Um, doesn't get the workload that the other guys that I mentioned above get necessarily, but wide. Res- you know, finishing as a you know wide receiver three, four, or five is definitely. Definitely possible, and that's why I have missed six because he is just that good. Um, coming back to the same scheme, same score, uh, same quarterback, still have Dalvin in the backfield to draw the attention. Uh, Thielen's only getting older. Thielen is still very good, but he's not getting better. He's not getting younger. He is just getting older. So uh, I do like Justin Jefferson here. I could definitely hear the argument for any of the guys below him, but I'd feel safer because of what I saw from Jefferson. Uh, last year, taking him right in, in the beginning of this next tier. Number seven is AJ Brown. Yeah, Julio's in town. I like Julio being there. I think that helps AJ. AJ never demanded a huge workload. To do what he wanted to do, all he needed was um, you know, the play-action game. He just needed, you know, dare the defense to single-coverage him. And, you know, he's going to get that a lot more now with Julio on the other side, and he's going to get that with Henry coming out of the backfield. That's going to be such a good play-action offense. Um, Tannehill has been so good since he took over there, and we just continue to disrespect him, even this year. Seen it for a year and a half now. Still refuse to just, you know, give this guy his flowers. But A.J., number seven, again, does not need the workload. He's going to go off 18 to 20 per catch probably this year, and – Would not shock me if he has seven to eight just bomb touchdowns. With that said, moving on, we are at number eight, uh, one of my favorite receivers in one of my favorite offenses with one of my favorite young quarterbacks, and that's going to be Keenan Allen, talking about them Los Angeles Chargers. This is based on workload. This is based on how good Keenan Allen is and this is based on i think Justin Herbert is the real deal what he showed last year wasn't just um teams not knowing what to do with him if you look at the film he was making veteran quarterback throws uh it's it's hard to really explain this one cuz if you look at Keenan Allen's stats they weren't they weren't overly impressive last year they were he was very good but this one is based on the player I know he is because he has shown it. And I think he's finally getting a an elite-level quarterback who showed last year that he doesn't need that time to really develop. He's ready now, and I think he shows it this year, which is why I have Keenan Allen eighth. Um, his only competition in this offense is really Mike Williams for targets right now. Uh, there's a couple younger guys that are making splashes. Um, we'll see. But Mike Williams, you know, he's the deep guy, has trouble staying healthy. And then Eckler. Eckler, if uh, this new offensive, co- or, yeah, offensive coordinator who was the Saints quarterback coach, if he comes in with any type of uh, takeaway from that offense, you know, Eckler could be stealing a lot of work in the passing game. We see what Kamara did in the passing game. I like Keenan enough to take him at eight. It was not easy because there is two guys below him, maybe three, who I have all in this tier, and I just could not for the life of me figure it out of how to how to rank them, but this is the order I found myself doing mocks and taking them. So we had Keenan at eight at nine we have Robert Woods. Um, Robert Woods, you know he's he's balled out without having a quarterback like Matt Stafford. Finally, the talent needed for McVay's offense is there. They went out and got their guy. Uh, You mix that with losing Akers. And Akers is still very good. I mean, uh, Henderson is still a very good running back. Look at the stats. They were very similar last year. And honestly, if you just took names away and looked at stats, I'd probably take Henderson's stats. But Akers is the better runner. There's no doubt about that. That could open up the pass a little bit more. Um, Robert Woods, like I said, he's done it with golf. He's done it with lesser quarterbacks. And now Stafford is there to really unlock the McVay way. And with Woods, you're getting that rushing upside. Last year, I believe it was 23 rush attempts from the wide receiver position. That's very good, um, especially when two of them went for touchdowns. That's just more points, more points for you. I did not have him inside my top 10 originally, but as I let the thought marinate of him being in that offense, um, I did I realized that I needed to bring him or Cup up because they have finished as top ten receivers before. Add a better quarterback to the same electric offense, and there was no way I could leave both of them out. Number ten, um, a guy that I've been waving his flag all off season, as much as it pains me to, because he is a cowboy. Um, And as a Giants fan, that's never fun. So twice a year, I'm perfectly fine if he decides either not to play or just take the week off. Um, Typically, he does not. He has seemed to enjoy killing my Giants, and that's Amari Cooper. And this one's pretty easy. Um, Weeks one to four with Dak last year, or one through five, he played about four and a half games with Dak. And he was the wide receiver one. And that didn't come, like, at the expense of Lamb, you know, still learning the offense or anything. Lamb was still eating. Lamb was still getting his. It was Gallup who we saw his workload get cut in that small sample size, which, for that offense, still works very well. Because Gallup, as we talked about with A.J. Brown, Gallup doesn't need, you know, 10 targets a game to be effective. Gallup needs the four per game where one of them over the top connects and then he's, you know, uh, jogging down the sideline for a 55-yard touchdown. Amari is the number one in that team. Uh, Lamb will eat, like I said, being in the slot in an offense that likes to pass. And as long as Zeke is there, defenses have to respect the run game. Lamb was getting his targets, and um, Amari still in those first five games had one game where he was under 10 targets. And that's a game where he saw nine. I expect the Cowboys to have a much improved team this year, at least offensively, um, in the games that we saw without Dak. So I I have no problem taking Amari in the third round because I think 10 is his floor, and I believe wide receiver one is a possibility. Number 11, Scary Terry McLaurin, another NFC East uh, foe. Um, And this is based on the fact that we've seen him just be very, 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 very good with very, very bad quarterbacks. Um, Look at last year. Washington, sorry. Yeah, Washington. I can still say Washington. I can't say their other team name. The football team, their quarterbacks did not like to put the ball down the field. McLaurin was still very good. And now he has a quarterback that likes to put the ball down the field. He has a quarterback that doesn't give a fuck now. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick should unlock McLaurin's true potential, and we have seen Fitzpatrick does not mind force-feeding the ball to his number one receiver. There's no doubt who the number one receiver is there. Uh, He has Curtis Samuel opposite him now to draw a little bit of attention, and Gibson coming out of the backfield, McKissick coming out of the backfield, is only going to further draw more attention away from McLaurin and let him do McLaurin things on the outside. So I have him at 11, and I think that's only because I still have just the Washington narrative in my head. Top six, you know, wide receiver four or five or six would not shock me. And I think he's one of the safer receivers up here because we've seen what he does with just bad quarterbacks. He is still good. Moving on to 12, we have... My favorite receiver from last year, and that's DK Metcalf. Uh, he's a do-it-all wide receiver in a very explosive offense. Uh, if he can fix the drops, that's the only thing. He did have some issues last year with uh, you know, the butterfingers, the greasy hands, but uh, if he can fix that, that's only going to add because a lot of those drops came on, on like middle slants where had he catched this ball, probably taking it up the sideline for 50 to 60 yards and and another touchdown on his, uh, on his season. Um, there is a new coordinator in town, a new scheme, a lot of talks about routes that, uh, Seattle receivers were not running. They, I'm hoping this is just the real let, uh, Russ cook season. We saw it a little bit last year. We saw him start off hot. Russ was an MVP candidate last year. DK was off the charts. Um, I think he's another uh, big boom guy. Another big boom guy with uh, some of these other guys on the list. You know, similar to A.J. Brown, similar to Jefferson. You might not get uh, 150 targets. You might not get uh, 110 receptions. But those big plays, they make up for it. Number 13. Still feel like this is too low for this man. Cooper Cup. Almost the exact same arguments uh, I made for Robert Woods. You're finally getting uh, the Stafford upgrade. Uh, TD machine. I don't know exact TD rate anymore, but I know it's up through last year. It was very high, and you know the slot snaps. We haven't talked much about slot receivers yet, but uh, the slot snaps are so good. They are so good for fantasy football because, especially if you're in even a even half PPR or a PPR, you're because uh, you're getting that automatic. You know the quick, the quick shot right there. Teams are using the quick pass as their, you know, first down rush now. And last year he was 11th in slot snaps. And you mix, you mix the slot snaps with the yards after catch. And when those line up good, that's very good. Because now you're not only getting the easy catch. But now you're getting a lot of yards after that catch. Where he was 11th in slot, in slot snaps, he was third in yards after catch. That's a great recipe right there, especially for a guy with a, with a nose for the end zone like Cooper Cup has, and now uh, an offense led by Stafford. A McVay offense led by Stafford. Let me correct myself. 13, feels too low, but I could not move him up above these other guys. Maybe over DK. Maybe over Terry McLaurin. So that could move him to 11, maybe. But when it comes time to draft... This is what I find myself doing. I tell myself, would I take DK or Cooper Cup? I would take DK. Would I take DK or uh, McLaurin or Cooper Cup? I would take McLaurin. But 13 just feels too low, but I can't move him up. 14. Talked about him a lot already with his other with his uh, the guy opposite him, and that's gonna be CeeDee Lamb. So I have I have Amari at 10 and CD at 14. Again with Dak healthy, healthy, and the slot targets that Lamb should get in this offense, um, 1,300 and 10-plus touchdowns, I do not think is out of the question. It would not shock me to see him flirt with 100 catches. If he was to finish in the top five, it wouldn't shock me. I just like Amari because we've seen Amari do it for a long time. Now here we are, bottom five now of the top 20. We're at 15, and that's Julio Jones um this felt too high and too low at the same time uh with hen with henry and aj there to free up this much space think about it aj's taking the top off the defense they got to keep their eyes on the backfield it's gonna give julio a lot of room in that middle to work around if he's healthy you got to think tennessee wouldn't have uh Paid the price for him if he wasn't healthy. They've already shown in mini camps this year and uh, practices that they are willing to give him the veteran days off. Tannehill is hyper, hyper efficient. I think this is a similar situation to the A.J. Brown. I don't think he's going to need the workload he got in Atlanta to be as good due to the fact that, you know, the play-action pass game here was already great. Now you're adding... Julio to the mix. I think Julio's stats are going to be a lot, they're going to look a lot more efficient. I think he could possibly have more yards on less catches with more, definitely more touchdowns. Atlanta forgot that man existed as soon as they got in the red zone. It was so sad. I don't see that happening here. He's 15. Top 10 isn't out of the question for him. I don't think he'll get the workload to be a top three. Probably not even a top five. But I think he has a safe workload here. I don't see Julio dropping down. I don't see if you take him as the wide receiver 15, I don't see a world where he finishes below like the top outside of a wide receiver 2. They got their toy. They're going to use him. And they went out and got him. They didn't sign him. No, they traded for him. So they wanted him. 16. This one is based pretty much just off a quarterback. Had it not been them getting a new quarterback, uh, he probably would have been flirting with Amari Cooper and McLaurin in that 10-11 spot. And that's uh Allen Robinson. Finally, he has hopefully a competent quarterback. This man has been just riddled with terrible quarterbacks his whole career. So, um if, you know, if he keeps that same workload he was getting and if which is, you know, 150 plus targets if Justin Fields is just an adequate NFL quarterback in his rookie season, Allen Robinson will exceed this mark. But I'm not a fan of in these top 20 guys. I don't think there's a need to put any risk. And with that um comes a rookie quarterback. I mean, with a rookie quarterback comes risk. Um especially cuz you don't know Fields might not even be on the field to start the season. We've heard uh that Dalton will be starting the year. So uh it might take a little bit for him to get going, but I do like Allen Robinson just not in that top 12 with the quarterback situation currently. Number 17, surprised that it took me this long to get to a, a Buccaneers receiver because I think Brady is going to have a great year. I think Brady is going to be you know a top six, seven quarterback. Look at the last eight games of Brady's season last year. He was on pace for, I believe, 5,000 yards and was it 40 touchdowns, I think? A high number of touchdowns, maybe 38. So for it to take to wide receiver 17 before we get one just goes to show how much he spreads the ball around. My number 17 receiver is Chris Godwin. Um, a full season with Brady, a full offseason with Brady now. And uh, he is the best all-around receiver in the offense. Evans is a great um, deep ball receiver. Antonio Brown's a great uh, deep deep ball receiver. Antonio Brown's pretty good on the outside too, but he's not the Antonio Brown of old. Chris Godwin eats up those slot snaps, those underneath targets. There's not much needed to say here. Brady's going to run a great offense, and there's going to be some very high-scoring guys in there, which is why at 18, I have his teammate, Mike Evans. I think, I don't know where they'll finish, but I think they will both be in this top 18 somewhere. He had the fourth most... I'm sorry. I'm reading right now. That's why it took me the fourth most red zone targets in a high powered offense. uh, You know, they're going to have a lot of red zone targets again. They're going to be in the red zone a lot this year. And you know, last year it showed uh, he, he saved a lot of bad games with touchdowns for fantasy. We don't care if you're a Buccaneers fan. Yeah. You could be like, Oh, where were you all game? Where were you? Where we needed you. We need you fantasy. We don't care. I don't care if it's the last play of the game. Just show up, get me those six move on. So, yeah, him and Godwin don't really need an explanation. High-powered offense, led by a high-powered quarterback. They're going to score a lot of points. I think they're going to do it. Number 19, Tyler Lockett, a man that's been getting a lot of disrespect this year. And I think it's because a lot of people look at game log and they see, oh, look at this. He had 200 yards and three touchdowns here. He had 150 and two touchdowns here. But then look at this week. Goose. Look at this week. One catch. That's not the normal for Tyler Lockett. And honestly, if you pair him right th- with the right guys, you get. It. All right, let's say you get two running backs with great, great rushing floors. You know they're going to be workhorse backs in their guys, in their offenses. And let's say you get at at wide receiver 19, you can get another receiver ahead of him. Let's say you get a Keenan Allen who you know it's going to get peppered. Okay, so now you have three guys with a great floor. Why would you not want somebody like Lockett in there who any given week can just go out and absolutely win you? a matchup. Yeah, you have those three floor guys, but then when you have a guy putting up 203 touchdowns, boom. Take the dub, take the rest of the night off. You don't got to watch the Sunday night game. You don't got to watch Monday night. Tyler is getting a lot of disrespect this year. With uh, the offense opening up, I really, really, really like him and DK. Again, I think they're going to be, I think what's that? Is that? That's like the third set of uh, teammates in the top 20 I have. So I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to take both of them. I'll, t- I'll happily take them. Especially if their offense opens up even more this year with a new offensive coordinator. All reports coming out of camp saying that receivers are able to do things this year that they haven't been able to do. Rounding out my top 20, a guy who I just moved in there, actually. I just moved a couple guys down. We would have had four pairs of teammates because I moved Thielen out of the top 20, moved him to 21, and that's Deontay Johnson. Um, just a target machine on a team... With O line issues, um, that to me that that's just that's success. That is quick hits. Um, he's similar to DK if he can fix some of those drop problems, which everybody not everybody I want to say that people on fantasy Twitter are just hounding pe- people who have Deontay ranked high because all oh, the drops, the drops, the drops, the drops. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, okay, he'll drop one. Ben's going right back to him three times in a row. It doesn't matter unless you're in a lead that lose points for drops. I've never seen that. I'm cool with that. Ben's healthier. Harris is going to, Najee Harris is only going to draw attention to the backfield. Just open up more space for him. Their defense isn't going to fix itself this year completely. They had holes. They're going to give up points. They're going to have to throw the ball again. I like Deontay. I like all those receivers this year, but Deontay's my favorite because of the workload. My first guy's out of the top 20, which was not easy because at one point they were probably all in here. Thielen. T. Higgins, Deontay's teammate, Juju Smith-Schuster. And then due to the news, the injury, and now the drama going on with Michael Thomas, he's probably going to be 24, 25 for me. Now I want to talk about a couple mid-round targets that, you know, if you take a tight end or a quarterback or you load up on running backs earlier and you're not able to get uh, one or, you know, probably two, you'll probably snag one of these top 20 guys. But if you're not able to get two, uh, a couple of these guys in the mid-rounds that I really like, Juju, already mentioned him. I have uh, on fantasy pros, he is the 75th overall pick, uh, according to ADP. And right now, the wide receiver 30. You know, last year with 97 catches on a career low yards per catch, if that just even has slight regression, just meet it in the middle of his career average, and you're going to already return value on the wide receiver 30 spot. He had nine touchdowns last year. You know, for it being such a bad year for him, he had a very good year. 97 catches and nine touchdowns. Uh, I think big bounce back, mainly, you know, as I already explained with Deontay. Uh, The defense isn't going to fix itself. Uh, Harris is going to draw some attention in, and Ben's healthier. Another guy in the mid-rounds, which I think is way too low for this guy. Uh, Right now, this man is 86th overall and the wide receiver 34, and that's Tyler Boyd. Uh, His team passes per game. Uh, Burrow was on pace to lead the league in pass attempts. Uh, The defense is going to be bad again. They're going to have to throw the ball. And he's getting slot snaps. We already talked about it. Slot snaps with a bad O-line. What does that mean? Quick hits, PPR, half PPR, beast. And he's just really good at football. I think Burrow takes a big leap this year. Um, So, yeah, getting him as the wide receiver 34, you can get him as your two. If you go – if you only get your second receiver in like the sixth or seventh round, that's returning value easily. I think we talked about drafting at a floor. I think that's drafting at his floor. So those are two mid-round guys I, I, you know, I, I definitely have taken in most of my mocks. I have taken. And now I'm going to look at guys that I've taken late because they have such high upside potential. Uh, first being Russell Gage. His overall is 169 right now, wide receiver 59. Um, his pass volume, his slot snaps. Uh, Ridley and Pitts are his only real competition for targets there. And a lot of people don't realize this, but last year he was, he was ninth in red zone targets. That's a lot. That's high. He was ninth in red zone targets. Um, I would not shock me to see him back there. Obviously, Matt Ryan likes the guy, and he's not just like a, a quick hit guy. He was he had twelve games of five plus targets last year, and six of those games were eight plus targets. Julio left. Yeah, you're adding Pitts, but Pitts isn't going to eat up all of Julio's workload. I'm grabbing Russell Gage every single time in the tenth or eleventh round. Um, my next guy is John Brown. Uh, he is overall 170, wide receiver 66. Five of nine of his games last year, he was over 70 yards. That's the third option on that team. When he's on the field, he's effective. Staying on the field is, is hard to do for him. He seems to he's, – he's an oft-injured man. And there's not – outside of Waller, you know, not much competition there for it targets in uh, – uh, I was going to say Oakland, in Vegas – Someone's got to catch the ball. We, you know, Carr always has a couple games each year where he lights them up. He's got to play the Chiefs at least twice. There's two games he's going to have to keep up. John Brown uh, at wide receiver 66. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You can drop the guy, but high reward, low risk. My next man, Nelson Aguilar, a name I thought I'd never be saying again after his days in Philly. But currently the uh, wide receiver 62, going 180th overall. Um, last year he was number two in yards per catch. I don't think a lot of people knew that. And uh, number seven in yards per target. So he's definitely a valuable deep threat. And uh, he seemed to have fixed the dropped issues that uh, haunted him early in his years. And if you're one of the guys who chased the money trail, which to me I, I think it's worth looking at, Um, these NFL coaches, they know a lot more than us. These NFL, uh, front office guys, they know a lot more than us. If they're willing to throw to, uh, 12 million a year at a guy, my ears perk up and honestly not much competition on the outside. I think his biggest competition is going to be those two tight ends in the middle. And even Hunter Henry's already banged up. We'll see what that means. But, uh, so if he's only competing with Kendrick Bourne and John Smith and Jacoby Myers, Nelson's going to have a couple big games at that point. And then my last guy, um, he is currently 187th overall wide receiver, 73. It's just house money at this point. Why not? And that's Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, a clear path to targets there in Detroit because there's literally nobody else. Not only if, even if you just look at the roster, there's nobody else. But even those nobodies can't even find the field anymore. Tyrell Williams is already injured. Brashad Perriman's already injured. It's you know he's gonna have a free path to targets and he's very he's a very good receiver. Uh, if you tracked him at all up into the draft, you knew that he was going to be good. He had a draft, he was projected to go 2 or 3. He ended up falling to the 4th. And he went to a team that doesn't have anybody. Jared Goff's not great. But Jared Goff is able to get the ball to somebody, especially somebody who has the ability to play on the inside. And Goff's Goff's ability, his strength is not on the outside. So given the fact that St. Brown can Stay underneath is great because he's going to have nobody to compete with. 100 targets, 75 catches, flirt with a 1,000. If he can sneak in the end zone six or seven times, that's a steal of the draft right there. That's a steal of the draft right there, especially as one of those guys where if you do load up on running backs, let's say you take a tight end or a quarterback in the first couple, and then you load up on backs, and then you just want to throw some darts at receiver just to see what sticks. That is free money right there. That is free money right there. Take him in the 13th right before you take your kicker in defense and then stash him until he becomes a consistent thing. You don't want to have to start him week one, but stash him until he becomes a consistent thing. So that is my, that is my wide receiver episode. We'll do a quick little uh, recap. We had Adams at one, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, followed by Robert Woods and Amari Cooper to round out the top 10. Um, 11 through 20 is as follows. That is Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, and then Deontay Johnson as number 20. Uh, My first couple out were Thielen, T. Higgins, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Michael Thomas. Even with the injury, I think I would still take Thomas at 24 or 25 because we've just seen he's just very good and he has Jameis Winston there who he airs it out so yeah there's drama there's injury to be worried about I'm going to keep following that situation up till the season but right around the wide receiver 25 I would still consider taking Michael Thomas those mid-round targets I like who I think you can plug in right from from jump street and you're getting value on them are Juju at the 75th overall wide receiver 30 and Tyler Boyd at 86, overall wide receiver 34. And then my late round, not even dart throws, because I think these guys are guaranteed to produce, are Russell Gage, John Brown, Nelson Aguilar, and Amara St. Brown. That is it for me here on our wide receiver episode. Sorry if I drug it out a little bit. I will try and get better at this. Next, we will be taking a look at tight ends and quarterbacks. Thank you. Get at us on Twitter at Fantasy Faps, at Fantasy F A P S, and on TikTok at Fantasy Faps One. Again, that is Fantasy F A P S One. Oh, yeah!